Hello guys, Abel here back with another video. Today we have something special. Well, I guess not that special, but I have a bit of a reaction video. And that is, um, I'm going to be reacting to Greg Doucette's main gaining approach. As you might know, that is his approach to gaining muscle. And uh, a lot of you have been asking me about it. What do I think about it? Do I think it's legitimate? So let's talk about this a little bit. So if you're not familiar with this concept, basically Greg says that bulking and cutting, all of that thing is unnecessary. You can just stay in a happy medium where you're sort of maintaining or rather main gaining. So maintaining, at least in the sense that you're maintaining your body fat, and you just slowly gain muscle over time. And that is just as effective as bulking with the additional benefit that you don't have to do a bunch of cutting diets afterwards. That is it in a nutshell. So I watched through a couple of his videos where he's talking about this. In particular, I focused on one video where basically he opens it up by saying that this is the first and last video that you will have to watch on this topic. And you will have a complete understanding of what he means by main gaining. So we will focus on this primarily, but I also watched some other videos of his on this. So I took some notes. Occasionally, I will look at my screen and then uh, I will give you my opinion. Now, this is not the type of video where I will try to tear into him or rip into him, try to make him appear stupid. No, honestly, I just wanted to get a good understanding of what he really means by main gaining so that I can reflect on it. The only minor thing that bothers me about this whole thing, and this is the only kind of personal spin or take I have on this whole concept, is that it's kind of ironic to me that main gaining is now this new thing in the fitness world that everybody is talking about, whereas the concept of gain-taining has been around actually for ages. I remember the first time I heard about this, I think from Eric Helms. I don't know who came up with this concept, but it was maybe in 2014. And bodybuilders and people in the fitness world have been talking about this concept of, well, when you get to a certain training age, then big bulking and cutting cycles just don't make as much sense anymore. So you should be kind of just hovering around maintenance and slowly gain muscle over time. And they called this gain-taining. And now Greg calls it main gaining. And now all of a sudden, it caught fire. And everybody's talking about this. That bothers me a little bit. But it's not a huge thing. So anyway, uh, let's look into what Greg is saying about main gaining and then let's actually reflect on it. So basically he opens up the video by saying that you won't have to do a cut if you don't bulk in the first place. What goes up must come down eventually. He says the reason people are bulking is because they're trying to put on muscle. However, the problem is that they're also putting on fat, which then forces them into a cut afterwards. And then it's harder to build muscle. So really, what's the point? And you can avoid all of that if you choose this alternative approach that he proposes. So obviously, he is just reflecting on the age old problem that all of us had at least one point during our fitness journey, which is we want to get bigger, but we don't want to get fatter. And we're trying to find kind of a happy balance between the two. And so he says that he has an alternative method. So what is that alternative method? Well, that is this main gaining approach. Now, before he gets into that, he actually acknowledges that yes, if you go on a bulk, you will put on muscle a little bit faster. However, the issue is that after that, you will have to go into a cut. And during your cut, 
muscle building is going to be harder. In fact, you might be at risk of losing muscle. So really, what's the point of going on these big bulking cycles? And so he says that if you do this main gaining thing that he proposes, then you can build muscle slowly throughout that entire time, and you don't have to put your muscle gains in jeopardy when you're doing these cuts. Now, to that, I would say... It can be true in certain cases. Certainly, if you go on a super aggressive bulk and you put on way too much weight way too quickly, and then you have to do really harsh cutting diets for extended periods of time, then, yeah, you could make a very good argument that you could be doing things more efficiently if you just stayed a bit more balanced, a bit more reasonable, you didn't gain as much weight, and then you ha wouldn't have to do as much cutting diet afterwards. Now, if someone, say, puts on eight pounds of body weight over the course of four months, which definitely qualifies as bulking at that point, and puts on, say, four pounds of fat of those eight pounds that they gained, then, you know, after four months of gaining, maybe you will have to do two, three weeks of cutting, you get rid of the fat, you're just as lean as you were before, you're back at square one, but you also put on four pounds of muscle. I would say that's a pretty good trade-off. So can you do better than that? Can you make your bulk even leaner or maybe not put on any body fat? Maybe, but I mean, I would say we are kind of splitting hairs at this point. I would say a bulking phase like that would be considered highly productive and highly lean. I don't think there is a ton of issues with that logistically, psychologically, or health-wise. So it kind of depends on the context, but certainly I get where he's coming from. You can definitely do a bulking phase very inefficiently, and a lot of people are still doing that. He also mentions that he doesn't tell people what they want to hear, but what they need to hear. And what people want to hear is that you should go on a big bulk, and you should eat at Wendy's, and you should be in a giant surplus, and you should eat like an asshole, basically. People just want an excuse used to really indulge in food. And in reality, that's not really warranted if you want to put on muscle. And I would actually agree with this completely. And this is something that I emphasize a lot as well, that people just vastly overestimate the additional freedom that they gain by being in a surplus or by being in a lean gaining phase. And even if you go from, say, a big deficit, let's say you were in a calorie deficit of 800 calories. Say you go from that to a 200 calorie surplus, that's a thousand calorie difference. And people think of that and they say, wow, this is the time to really go ham on food. But really, if you think of those thousand calories, which you've gained now from going from a cut to a bulk, if you distribute that over, say, three, four meals, that's, you know, 200 calories or so per meal, that's not a ton of food. So you should still be eating healthfully with a sense of responsibility. You have to pay some attention and you kind of have to eat like an adult. This is really not an excuse to just completely go ham on all the junk food because most likely you're just going to overdo things and get fat. So that's something I also like to emphasize and I'm glad he's pointing that out as well. And at this point, basically he goes into explaining what main gaining actually means. And that is you maintain your body fat percentage and you just build muscle slowly from there. And there is no need to increase your body fat percentage. And he brings himself up as an example. And he says, coach Greg is at 9% body fat. He is happy there. So he just maintains that and he puts on muscle over time slowly. Now, at this point, it's important to pause and think about what this actually means. If you maintain your body fat percentage and you put on muscle over time, that still means that you will be gaining body weight over time, and that actually means a calorie surplus. Okay, so that's just important to clarify. Let's say you're at 
200 pounds and at 10% body fat, just for some easy math, if you put on two pounds of muscle and you maintain your body fat percentage, well, what would that mean? So 200 pounds at 10% body fat, that would mean that your lean body mass is 180 pounds, right? Then you put on two pounds of muscle. Now your lean body mass is 182 pounds. If you're still at 10% body fat, that would mean that now your body weight is 202.2 pounds, all right? So that means you put on two pounds of muscle and actually 0.2 pounds of body fat, okay? So this approach not only means that you're actually in a small surplus, not only does it mean that you're gaining body weight, but it actually even leaves some room for fat gain, so it doesn't even mean that you're not putting on any body fat. Now, I will agree that 0.2 pounds of fat gained is nothing. We might as well just call it not gaining any body fat. But over time, if you extend this over a long period of time and you say gain 20 pounds of muscle, which you could do if you're newer to lifting, with this approach, you would still be gaining two pounds of fat with those 20 pounds of muscle, which is to say that basically what this main gaining approach means in a practical sense is a very, very, very lean bulk, but it is a bulk, technically speaking. So that's just important to clarify. It's also important to clarify that he says maintain your body fat percentage, and he doesn't say maintain your body fat mass, okay? Because if you maintain your body fat mass, that would actually mean that you're not putting on any body fat as you're gaining muscle. In which case, that would actually mean that your body fat percentage is actually going down over time, okay? If you're at 200 pounds, 10% body fat, and now you put on two pounds of muscle and you don't put on any body fat, now, those 20 pounds of body fat that you had is now a smaller proportion of your body. So your body fat percentage actually decreased. So that's another important distinction to make. So yes, he's talking about a very, very, very lean bulk. You would be gaining weight very slowly, most probably if you're following this approach, but it is still a bulk arguably the leanest bulk in existence. So you're basically gaining 90% muscle or 90% lean mass at least and 10% fat. So most of us in the fitness world are a bit more lenient with how much fat gain we allow during a bulk. So I will agree that this is a different approach, but if you really distill it down to the basics, it is still a small surplus over time. There is also a small segment in this video where he talks about how you don't actually need a calorie surplus to put on muscle which is completely true, even though this main gaining approach would actually entail a small surplus. He also goes into how you can even build muscle in a deficit, which as I talked about many times before, I completely agree with that. It is 100% possible to build muscle in a deficit, unless it is not for your particular case. If your genetics are not that great, if you're too advanced for that, then it might just not be in the course for you. But in general, definitely you can put on muscle in a deficit. Now, the segment that comes after this is one that I actually really do appreciate, which is him explaining how him advocating for this main gaining approach or how him advocating for not having to increase your body fat percentage to put on muscle, 
does not entail him advocating for staying shredded all year round. And he really goes on quite a bit of a rant here and clarifies that he's not saying that you should be staying at 6% body fat or 7% body fat. In fact, he says you probably shouldn't. You should find a body fat percentage where you feel healthy and you feel like it's sustainable. For him, for Greg Doucette, that is actually 9% body fat, which is very lean. But for you, that might be 15%. For someone else, it might be 20%. Every person has the point where they can diet down to sustainably, they don't suffer, they feel good. Once that's no longer the case, that's where the leaning down process has to stop and that's where you should hang out. And I really do appreciate him pointing this out because the reality is that the people for whom this main gaining approach is often the most appealing are people who just got shredded, they finally got to that single digit body fat percentage and they don't wanna let it go. And so they hear about this main gaining approach and they go, wow, so I can stay shredded all the time and I can get huge at the same time. Never mind the fact that I feel like absolute shit, let's say 8% body fat, my testosterone levels are crashed, I cannot even sleep at night, but never mind, I'm gonna get huge following this approach. He really goes at length explaining how you should not be doing that and you should really find a place where it's sustainable for you, which is great, which is really awesome, and I think these are the little things that a lot of people are ignoring. They just hear from this message what they want to hear, and I will also point out that people that are trying to tear him down or point out the flaws in this approach will also ignore this. And they will say, well, Greg Doucette is just telling people what they want to hear, that they can stay shredded and uh, they can still put on muscle. Well, no, no. I mean, you can rip into Greg Doucette with a lot of things, but this is not one of them. He gives a very reasonable perspective on this. And I really appreciate that. And I think it's often overlooked. And this is definitely something that a lot of people need to hear. So regardless of what I think of this approach of maintaining your body fat percentage and not allowing that to go up whatsoever when you're trying to gain muscle, with this part, I 100% agree. And uh, I just want to express that here. He actually also calls you to not get pedantic on him by pointing out that, well, but to gain muscle, you technically have to be in a 30, 40 calorie surplus because nobody can track that down. Your energy expenditure varies day to day, so we might as well call it maintenance, which actually is exactly what I was talking about in my video last week on bulking without body fat gain and why that is basically impossible because of this precisely. Now, I would say that it's great that he actually acknowledges that this is a thing and that basically he acknowledges that yes, main gaining still technically means a small surplus and thereby technically it is still bulking, but I would agree with him that 30 to 40 calories is impossible to track down day to day and we might as well call it maintenance. I would say though that it is important to actually acknowledge this still because if you don't, if you actually think about this as maintaining, then you will have a very different mindset when you're going through this. So if you want to give this main gaining approach a go and you actually think about it like a maintenance diet, then what do you do when you see that your body weight is going up over time? Well, if you really want to maintain that, you would see that as a negative. Whereas if you actually acknowledge that it is actually a small surplus and thereby some weight gain over time is going to be a natural consequence of that, then you will have a very different mindset. So I would say that he is right, that we might as well call a 30 to 40 calorie surplus maintenance, but it is still important to acknowledge that it is a small surplus still. 
So regardless, um, at this point, he's basically just giving his uh, concluding remarks. He's summarizing the video. So he once again says that main gaining just means maintaining your body fat and putting a muscle and getting stronger over time. Actually, at one point, he says um, maintaining your body weight and putting a muscle, which would be problematic. But I think this just accidentally slipped out. So we will let that go, especially because very shortly after that, he says that your body weight will slowly go up over time. So again, he also acknowledges that body weight gain is going to be a part of this over time. But he emphasizes that this is going to happen slowly and week to week changes are not realistic to expect. So basically, that is the end of the video. That was main gaining explained by Greg Doucette. So what do I think about all of this? Well, guys, I have to be honest, there is not a whole lot wrong that I can point out here. There is nothing too negative I can say about this whole thing. There are a few things that I want to address here, however, and honestly, if I have issues here, it's not so much with the approach itself, but more so with how I think a lot of people will interpret all of this. So what are some ways in which you can take what you heard here and try to implement it and actually mess up and just spin your wheels? Well, for one, I think if people don't understand that main gaining, the gaining part in that word is there for a reason. So there is a reason why it's not called maintaining, because there will still be an increase in your body weight over time. If there wasn't, then it would just be called maintaining. But this is still technically a small surplus. And if you don't understand that, then you could be at risk of just spinning your wheels and not really going anywhere. The second thing is, like I said, is that I think a lot of people will think that this approach is actually advocating for staying shredded all year round, which he explicitly emphasizes that this is not the case. He's not saying that you should maintain a shredded physique and get huge and muscular that way. But I think a lot of people will just miss that part and they will only hear the parts that they do like and they will ignore these disclaimers. So if you ignore that one, that could be hugely problematic unless you're a very naturally lean person and you can actually make it work. But this is once again something important to emphasize. If there is any issue that I would point out about the approach itself, it would be simply that it will leave a lot of people confused, having no idea what to actually do. So I think it's fine to say that week-to-week -week changes are not realistic to expect in terms of muscle growth, that your body weight should go up slowly over time, that it's not necessary to get higher in body fat percentage to put on muscle. That is all well and good. But for example, what is slow enough for your body weight to go up? Like is one pound a month, is that slow enough? Is that too fast? Or I will give you an easy example. Let's say I put on half a pound a week, or let's say it's 0.1%, 0.2% increase in my body weight per week. But I look in the mirror and it seems like I didn't put on any body fat. Maybe I even use some calipers and it doesn't indicate any fat gain. Am I doing well or am I messing up my main gaining approach because I'm gaining way too fast? Obviously, that's an easy and stupid question. Of course, I'm not messing it up. Of course, I'm doing great. I'm putting a muscle and no body fat. And Greg Doucette would surely agree with that. Okay, so that was an easy one. Now, what if I'm not putting on any body fat and I'm actually getting stronger in the gym, but for two, three weeks in a row, my body weight is not going up whatsoever? What do I do then? Do I keep my calories the same or do I bump them? I'm actually not completely sure what Greg's answer to that would be. 
Because if you're of the mindset that, well, muscle growth is going to happen very slowly over time, so probably you're actually building muscle if you're getting stronger. It doesn't matter that your body weight didn't go up. If you're of that mindset, then you might actually just stay put and not bump your calories. Now, I know what I would do in this situation. If you're my client and your primary goal is muscle growth, then I would bump your calories. Like, I would want you to gain body weight. Because what's the alternative? Okay, it's great. You didn't put on any body fat. Yes, you're getting stronger in the gym. But what if you're just making some really awesome neurological adaptations and you're not actually accruing any tissue? It might be the case that you're actually building muscle in the background and somehow it didn't manifest in actual body weight increase yet. But it's sort of wishful thinking. Like I'm sort of gambling. Because if I'm wrong, that I'm actually just pissing away your precious time and I'm keeping you at maintenance or maybe just under or some days and you're making less efficient progress compared to what you could be making. Now, of course, I'm also gambling somewhat by bumping your calories because there is a chance that you will not be gaining muscle any faster and you will just put on more fat. But again, if your primary goal is muscle growth, then I would rather gamble in that direction. Or I will give you another example. Let's say you've been focused on muscle growth for one month at this point and you're trying to use this main gaining approach, but you put on two pounds so far and you seemingly didn't put on any body fat so far. So there is nothing in the mirror that you can detect that would indicate that you put on fat. You're using calipers. You don't see any indication there. So all of us agree at this point that you're doing great. Okay, you put on muscle, no body fat, so no disagreements here. This is an easy one. Now, what if on the fifth week, you see a tiny rise in your caliper readings, which indicate a little bit of fat gain? What do you do at this point? Do you cut back on your calories or you keep them the same? I know what I would do. I would say, dude, you've been gaining for five weeks. You put on over two pounds. And only now you put on a tiny bit of body fat, dude, you're doing really, really well. Let's just keep calories where they're at and let's see what happens from here. Now, if from then on, I see that there is a linear increase in body fat and I can see that on the caliper readings with any additional unit of weight gain, then yes, at that point, I will probably do something and maybe we will taper those calories down a little bit. But if every second or every third week, I see a little bit of increase in the caliper readings and the person gains a little bit of body fat, I would still consider to be awesome, amazing, lean, bulking progress. But someone who is very, very intent at keeping the body fat percentage the same and is setting the bar so high in terms of not allowing any body fat to come on, basically, for that person, I mean, they might cut back on those calories. And then, you know, what might that result in? You might put yourself back at maintenance or hover around it. Sometimes you will be under it. You, there will be weeks when you're not gaining any body weight. And once again, that's sort of wishful thinking in my mind. You're hoping that you're actually gaining muscle, even though the weight is not going up. So you're just making it, I guess, needlessly complicated. And I think if I have any criticism towards this approach is that it basically takes the whole concept of bulking and all forms of bulking, and it gathers them under one big umbrella, and then it proposes this alternative method. And I would agree that there are some forms of bulking which are just silly, and compared to this, this would be a huge step forward. So yes, you can gain body weight way too quickly, you can put on way too much fat needlessly, 
and then you can waste your time doing a bunch of cutting diets harshly for extended periods to get rid of the fat, and that is just an inefficient way of doing things. But there is also a happy medium. Like you can set up a bulking phase much more smartly than that. You can still monitor body fat gain. Like I said in the previous video, I want to see a more or less linear escalation in body weight and a less linear and slower escalation in body fat gain. We want to monitor our body composition as we bulk. We don't want to gain one unit of fat for each unit of body weight that we gain. No, we want the two curves or the two slopes to be not equally steep. So there are much smarter ways that you can go about gaining weight and gaining muscle over time. And it doesn't have to be a fattening up period. And I think when Greg is talking about this, he fails to account for that to some extent. So if I have any criticism, it would be that. But in a nutshell, that is my take on the whole main gaining approach. So as you could see, not a whole lot of negative things I can say about it. For the most part, I think it's very reasonable. And to be honest, I'm not shocked by this. I, I'm not a fan of Greg Doucette by any means, to say the least. But I never doubted that he's a smart guy and that he knows what he's talking about. I always said that for the most part, the information that he provides is actually on par with even most of the evidence-based crowd. So it was not a shocker to me that he had a very reasonable take. Some things that I wanted to address, but um, with all of that, I think we can more or less conclude this video. So let me know your thoughts, comment, um, let me know what you think. Like the video if you liked it, or dislike it if you disliked it, that's also completely okay. Subscribe for more content like this, check out my website for coaching consultations, and to get my comprehensive guiding to the question, should you cut or bulk, it's really good. And other than that, I'm ending this video here, and I will see you in the next one.